Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Football Sunday is brought to you by New England Recovery Center in Westboro and by Kubota Tractor and the New England Kubota Tractor Dealers. Eleven oh one on WEI Football Sunday. They're almost at halftime in London. Spitzball Cheerio. The uh, Bills have scored a touchdown on a uh, connection to Steph Diggs. Uh, extra point good. So 11-7. 17 seconds left in the first half. Jacksonville driving on this Buffalo defense. Uh, I know Buffalo is uh, beat up defensively. But I do believe the Jaguars uh, got the ball with about a minute to go, and they've been able to get right down the field. Strip sack from behind, fumble. Looks like the Bills have recovered the ball. So talk about avoiding what could have been a real disaster for the Bills. Backside strip sack. Holy cow. Takes points off the board, and uh, looks like Buffalo is going to go in down four at the half against the Jags. He's with us now on the Harbor One Hotline, joining Gresham Arcan on WEEI Football Sunday. It is our friend Tom E. Curran. Tommy, good morning. How are you? Hello, Andrew. Hello, Christian. How's everyone on Sunday, October 8th? We're, uh, we're uh, hanging in there, friend, and... Um, I don't know. What is the biggest storyline for you going into this one, Tommy? There's the team. There's Belichick. There's Mac. There's replacing guys that are injured. For you, what's the top storyline going into 1 o'clock against the uh, Saints? Micro, just simply to this specific game, it's how does Mac Jones play with much more responsibility and caution without playing scared because you're still going against a team that plays more man than anybody in the league. You're still going to be on the hook to try and beat them because they're going to ask you to try and beat them with your arm. Will Mac be able to conquer the no doubt still living in his head from last week that ended with him to me 
appearing very relieved when he was pulled. So can he conquer that play with confidence, a little bit of swagger, but still take care of the football and can Bill trust him? The macro is this isn't a must-win game because their recipe doesn't really change if they win the game. They're 2-4. and four. It might not look that great, but it is can't lose because 2-4 and four doesn't do much for you. You still have work to do, but one in five is just diabolical situation. Uh, I would agree with that 100%, and I like that you sort of broke down the difference between must win and can't lose because in this instance, a loss for not just Bill Belichick, but the organization in general. I mean, this is a real crossroads uh, type of game, wouldn't you say, Tom? Yeah, because you're going to have the home crowd at 1 o'clock on a beautiful Sunday in October if you lose the game, if you play poorly, if that crowd turns on you, if it's a sparse crowd, if it's a New Orleans Saints-dominated crowd, you're going to get what your constituency feels about you loud and clear. And that would maybe make more of a visceral impact on ownership than would even a loss last year in Vegas, 31 to 24. I mean, that was bad, but you didn't get the fans – in your stadium, stomping out, pissed off. Uh, what would I, I think feel different? Sorry, but no. What what changes up front this week are you expecting? Is Riley Reef get thrown right back in there? Uh, do you have a gut feel as to whether we will or won't see Cole Strange? What will the offense? It's almost like a weekly question, Tom. It kind of feels like who will no. be the five this week up front. I know, and you know, you, you've seen Mafi play at such a decent level for a rookie. Um, you know, you could still see him out there. Strange is again, as you know, I've been told bad power injury that he suffered at the beginning of camp. Could have had surgery for it, soldiered through it. Now he's not playing as well, and I think it's one of those instances where we all agree it might have been a reach of twenty nine. But I don't know if it's a bust pick. you got a kid who's really trying hard to work through it. So, And then on the right side, the Darian Lowe against Cam Jordan, not a picnic. That is not something you want to be looking at. He's still a top-10 player as an edge rusher in a lot of statistical categories. But do you want to rush, you know, rush Riley Reef out? I mean, Riley Reef ended up getting kind of – he got dropped to second team during training camp. He was playing bad before he got hurt. So it's – come on. When you think about it, you start articulating it like I just did, and you're like, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, with that being said, Tom, we know that uh, Mac is going to be trying to limit his turnovers, limit mistakes, things like that. I'm sure the play calling is going to sort of follow suit. How do you do that without being predictable? Because this offense has been pretty predictable so far this year without even being super conscious of that sort of thing. Have we fought yet, Christian, you and I, about Ramondre Stevenson, or have we not gotten to him? No, we haven't gotten to him yet, but we can. Okay. Oh, well, I've already fought about Ramondre Stevenson with others. That's why I keep saying you don't go from being a top 10-ish back, maybe even a top 7-ish back by every statistical measure, to being a jag. And But statistically, that's what, what Stevenson has been, and I've – ascribed it to the offensive line in many instances, but you know, you look at some of the yards after contact numbers and the broken tackles and they're just not there. He's got to play better. They tried to give him more reps last week, even though Ian Rappaport said, Why 
other rep for Ezekiel Elliott. Well, I mean, what are we talking about? Uh, you still had twice as many reps for, for Stevenson, but he wasn't able to really do anything with him or build momentum during that game because it was so off the rails. So I'm still waiting on Ramondre Stevenson to take the heat off the rest of the offense by being a guy who can get you into second and six, third and two, playbooks open, we could do a lot of stuff, as opposed to the other alternatives. Do you think there's any loss of confidence in Stevenson or is the evaluation maybe from the coaches more tied in terms of what is or isn't going on up front? Yeah, I'd love to see what their appraisal is of yards gained and yards that were there to be gained if he had done something differently. Yeah, And I always think that it's always easy for a coach to sit there with a friggin' telestrator or and say, here, you missed this, you missed that. It's a reaction the same way it's hard to coach a basketball player what to do in the course of a, you know, a fast break. You know, it's, it's different. When something appears to you, what do you do? Do you trust what you see? Can you trust that that hole is going to be there? So it would be interesting to me to hear what they have to say. I don't think there's as much as he's been blamed for missing. Because I do think he's a patient runner. I think he's had some good runs. But I do think Ezekiel Elliott is running and does run with a little bit more. Ah, screw this. I'm just going. And their line is so bad that you almost have to be right now. Ah, screw this. I'm just going. It's it's not like waiting around. Things are going to get better and just emerge as openings. Tom, on the defensive side, who is most likely, if anyone, to step up in the absence of Matthew Judon? Jonathan Jones, one would hope. Oh, excuse me. Uh, uh, Judon. Um, Judon. Keon White. Keon White, he's got a great chance. Keon White has a has a terrific chance this week with his matchup to emerge. Um, so I think that Keon White and Gerard Mayo articulated that, but I think that that you got to put your your chips on Keon White, and he is, as we've seen since training camp, every bit the physical freak that you anticipated. I mean, he's he's. His body type, here's what's wild about it. His body type is kind of linebackery in a way. But he's 300 pounds. He's so dense, so powerful, so superhero built that that's the weirdest thing about his body. And the only other body I've seen like that was kind of Seymour, even though he was 6'6", and this guy's 6'2". Seymour was 6'6", 310, and there was no fat on him. These guys are densely built, hard to deal with power, you know, power plants. So I'm going to really enjoy the Keon White experience as long as the game stays competitive. Tommy, what does this say about Josh Uche that Matt Judon goes down and his name is hardly being mentioned in the replacement pool? Just that he's totally different because Josh is definitely built like a linebacker. And almost more like a running back. He's a heavy running back. He's, you know, 6'2", 6'3", um, 245, 250, as, as opposed to 300 pounds. So he is a situational, bending, speed pass rusher who will get you off balance and drive through you occasionally. But they're just totally different style players. Remember Elvis Dumerville? I'm sure you do. Gresh, you know your football yeah. beyond anybody. You know, smaller pass rusher, but, but a havoc wreaker. So can Uche make a different – I love the way Uche plays. It's just he's a different dude in terms of what they ask him to do, which is why he's 
not playing as many snaps as as a lot of really productive defensive ends would. Uh, you just mentioned Jonathan Jones a second ago, Tommy, and uh, you know stepping in for Christian Gonzalez, obviously J.C. Jackson as well. Uh, we saw his jersey out there in the uh, in the Twitter post from the Patriots. How big of a role do you expect him to have today? It's interesting to figure out exactly what ailed him in Los Angeles and whether he brings it back here or whether he fits hand in glove back into this defense, Christian. Um, I would imagine that there's a pretty good sense of relief on his part to be back in a place to have somebody say, we want you. No, man, we still think you're good. Get back here. Come on, play for us. Because that must have been, even though it certainly fattened his wallet, it's, it's, you only get one crack at being 27, 28 in the league and having somebody say, you're a shutdown corner, and then it's failing to happen. So I'm sure that he wants to get into a position in a situation where he's encouraged, feels good about himself, and wants to prove something. So as people pointed out all week long, there's nothing but upside to the signing and presence of J.C. Jackson, given the situation that surrounds the Patriots' cornerbacks right now. Tommy, I know uh, we got to run here, but I got one other thing for you, and it's a two-part question I know the first. Mm-hmm. I, I know the first part of it will be yes, and that is: Do the Patriots need to scrap running the brotherly shove quarterback <laughs> sneak with Mac Jones? But Adam Schefter's got a thing saying that now that play is on the radar of the NFL and the NFLPA because a couple of giant players got hurt on Monday night. Uh, I hate that the league is waking up and realizing, oh, this play could end up really hurting some people. Where do you land on the brotherly shove play and the fact that the Patriots do try to run it? I think it's not a football play. It's a rugby scrum. We all understood that last year, and we understood it this year. Um, It's it's not a football play. I don't think pulling – I think pushing is just as absurd as pulling. I I was – I don't know if I was completely ignorant of the rule when Vince Young, uh, excuse me, when Matt Leinart, and he did it, but I know that's kind of the place when we first said, okay, you can't really push the ball carrier. You shouldn't be able to. They won a national championship because of it. It's interesting, though, because when they played the Eagles earlier this year, I asked Juwan Bentley about it, you know, middle linebacker, and Juwan Bentley said, during the Super Bowl last year, the NFL has to do something about this. So I asked Juwan Bentley about it this year. He goes, oh, it's just a quarterback sneak. What do you mean? What's the question? Mm. I'm like, how, how, and he goes, oh, it's just a quarterback sneak. And I don't understand if you don't like the play and you're a player and a middle linebacker and you think it's unfair, articulate it. So to me, it was a strange thing for the Patriots to articulate. I wonder if the team as a whole thinks – Whatever, it's just a quarterback sneak. It was interesting to me. Tommy, thank you, friend. We appreciate the intel. Have a uh, great Sunday, and uh, we'll talk to you Tuesday on Gresham Foyer. See you, friend. Enjoy, boys. Thank you. There we go. There goes Tommy, current of NBC Sports Boston. He is with us on the Harbor One Hotline. We have Patriots, Saints, inactives coming up at the bottom of the hour here at 1130. The Reverend. Slides in next with the preview of this game. But first, Bridget has your trending. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. 
returning now on WEI and WEI.com. Week five of the NFL season got underway on Thursday night when the Chicago Bears doubled up the Washington Commanders 40-20. to Some matchups to keep an eye on today. First of all, we had another early game this Sunday morning, a 9.30 a.m. Eastern kickoff for the Jaguars in the Bills game across the pond in London. 11-7 Jags at halftime. A touchdown pass from Trevor Lawrence to Zay Jones and one from Josh Allen to Steph Diggs. Brings us to that score at 1 p.m. The Miami Dolphins, who just added Chase Claypool, will host the Giants, who are once again without Saquon Barkley. And also at 1 o'clock, the Falcons host the Texans, the Lions host the Panthers, the Colts host the Titans, and the Steelers host the Ravens. As for the Patriots, they will be without Matt Judon and Christian Gonzalez, who suffered potentially season-ending injuries last week. For the for that reason, the Pats activated veteran offensive lineman Riley Reef, elevated defensive lineman Jeremiah Farms, and traded for cornerback J.C. Jackson, who is expected to play in today's game. Another injury to keep an eye on, Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson was listed as questionable with a thigh injury, but is expected to play, according to ESPN's Mike Reese. Our coverage of WEI's NFL Sunday will take you up to Patriots kickoff at 1 p.m. in Foxborough against the New Orleans Saints. The Bruins announced... Another round of cuts that included newly acquired winger Jesper Boquist, forward Oscar Steen, and defenseman Jacob Zavorl. And the Celtics have their first preseason game today, 6 p.m. at the Garden, hosting the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm Bridget Pru, and that's what's trending now. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Right back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. All right, good morning. Welcome into my congregation. It is the Reverend Arkin, and it is time for the Reverend Scouting Report. Brother Gresh, welcome to the uh, welcome to the report. Praise Jeebus. 
And we have uh, Sister Bridget back there, our new cantor, who will be uh, helping us along. Brother Stiz back there as well on the organ. You know, Stiz loves his organ. And it is a little sacrilege to be uh, to be praying against the saints. But we have to today. The Patriots certainly need it. So let's go ahead and begin the scattering report with the last game. All right, last time we saw the Saints, it was a very ugly showing at home. Baker Mayfield and the Bucks put it on them, a 26-9 beatdown at the Superdome. Derek Carr basically useless in this game. He uh, sprained his throwing shoulder a week prior against Green Bay. He was questionable to even play in that game, ended up toughing it out, was limited in practice all week. He finished with 127 passing yards, and it was also Alvin Kamara's season debut. He was suspended for the first three games of the year. Uh, he didn't do anything really either, only 84 yards from scrimmage, running, and passing. Uh, after getting off to a 2-0 start this year uh, with wins over Tennessee and Carolina, the Saints did seem like they were maybe a team to be reckoned with over there in that NFC South division, but they now sit at 500-2-2 with losses to the Packers and last week to the Bucks. And that Packers loss was a tough one. That's the game where Carr got injured. And also, they took a 17-0 lead into that fourth quarter, and Jordan Love was able to come back and uh, run off uh, three scores there and, and secure the win for Green Bay. So that's where the Saints are. It's a big game for them as well as we uh, get ready for this 1 o'clock matchup. Let's get to offseason changes. All right, the biggest move the Saints made was signing Derek Carr. It was that four-year, $150 million contract, which reunites him with Dennis Allen, who was his coach with the Raiders. Uh, Allen's in his second year with New Orleans. The Saints also acquired running back Jamal Williams away from Detroit. He led the team in carries while Kamara was out. Uh, they also signed Kalen Saunders and Nathan Shepard for some depth in the middle of the defensive line. Those two guys start now. And that wasn't all they did on the defensive line. Uh, they uh, drafted a couple of defensive linemen. We'll get to them in a little bit. Uh, and last year, the Saints defense allowed the fifth fewest yards per game in the NFL. So far this year, they sit at 11th in that category. Gresh, do you consider them like a top 10 defense? Are the Saints a top 10 defense in the league? Yeah, I think so. Um, they're right on the fringe. Like the, Again, Jordan, really good player. I know they got Honey Badger. Like It's not like they're littered with superstars. And I think their offense really does play complementary football into their defense. So I, I'd have to go, yeah. I, would, I mean, think about it. If you're a top eight defense, you're in the upper 25% of the league. So if we lower it and think, are they, you know, are the uh, are the Saints in the top 30% of defensive teams in the league? I'd have to go yes on that. All right. Well, with that being said, those are the big offseason changes. Let's get to some previous matchups. Okay, last time the Patriots played the Saints, we talked about this in the first segment, Gresh. That was Week 3, 2021, Max rookie year, and it wasn't a real competitive game. Uh, Jameis Winston, who we may see today, if Carr, uh, his shoulder's still bothering him, or if he comes out and has a bunch of turnovers, uh, the New Orleans offense got in the end zone three times, and Malcolm Jenkins had a pick six. That was the other touchdown, and uh, that game, not really all that close. There was three interceptions thrown by Mack in that game, and that is still his career high. Uh, matched that total twice last year against Baltimore and also against Buffalo. And before that, Patriots had won five of six matchups against New Orleans dating back to 1998. The one loss being, and I don't know why this is, Gresh, I always think of this game. It was one of the most like random beatings that Tom Brady and, and Belichick ever took in the regular season. Up there with like the Peyton Hillis Cleveland Browns game and this one which was 2009, Drew Brees lighting up the Patriots five touchdown passes. They beat 
them 38 to 17. You remember that game? Uh, I do. I think New Orleans was always one of those, oh, you saw them once every four years. And then it was, oh, wait a minute. Oh, these guys. Oh, we're unfamiliar with them. Ah, the hell with it there in the <laughs> NFC. It's, it felt like though every four years, that's almost like how that matchup went. Yeah, it certainly did. And uh, for the most part, Patriots took care of business. Most recently, though, uh, it was Jameis and the Saints coming out on top. All right, let's get to our players to watch. Okay, the big name, I think, and you may disagree here, Gresh, but I think Cameron Jordan, that's another guy Bill has spoken very highly about. Uh, sort of a slow start for him this year, just half a sack on the year. Um, he's an eight-time Pro Bowler. He's an All-Pro. He's a member of the uh, 2010s Hall of Fame team. Um, Cameron Jordan, certainly a force to be reckoned with. Is he going to be the guy, do you think, that uh, Bill and Adrian Clem and the rest of those guys sort of emphasize, take him out, don't let him beat you? Yeah, I uh, especially on those uh, down and distances that that sneak up on you you know you have a negative play and it's second and 13 and then there's jordan making a big play to put it in third and 15 or something like that not yeah i think it kind of begins and ends with jordan up front they've got some other guys that got some uh, lead in the pencil and i know you'll get to some of the d linemen that they drafted the biggest thing for me is this a big group up front and i know that Normally, it's okay, 300-pound people, but these are guys who are of certain body types, of certain size, and have the ability to be physically active. That's the thing about uh, Jordan is that he's not just a one-trick pony. This is a guy who's got multiple ways to rush the passer. He's good against the run, and he's a good citizen. I think there's the there's that part of it from the Belichick end where it's the whole, hey, that's a guy I can show some love to and know that he's not going to go out and get arrested the, the <laughs> next night. There you go. Uh, another guy to watch there on that defense, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, seventh season with the Saints. He's 27 years old, been a pro bowler four times. He was a defensive rookie of the year. And you may remember him from those videos with Mike Evans. Him and Mike Evans hate each other. And whenever they play wow. each other, there's always some big fight. They go at it like uh, Odell Beckham and Josh Norman used to uh, back when he was on the Giants and the Panthers, respectively. That's mostly what you know him for, but he's also a lockdown corner, uh, still playing at a very high level. On the offensive side, uh, Second-year wide receiver Chris Olave out of Ohio State was awesome his rookie year. Off to a bit of a slow start this year. If you watched that game last week against Tampa, Derek Carr missed him twice on what could have been two touchdowns, overthrew one and underthrew the other one. Um, Olave doesn't have a touchdown yet this year. He's on pace, though, for over 1,300 receiving yards. And uh, then there's Alvin Kamara, who was suspended three games for beating the guy up in Vegas. Uh, he's in his seventh season looking to get back on track. Any other guys that you've got your eye on, Greg? Uh, no, it, it's really Kamara. How do they sort of move him all around the board as a chess piece and reintroduce him back into this offense? I will say this, the first month of offense in the NFL was not great across no. the board. It'll be interesting to see here if in the month of October, defenses continue to play well. And I don't know how to look at it. Like, are the defenses playing well? Are the offenses struggling? Like right now, Jacksonville's going through a mess of a series right now in the early third quarter. So I wonder if Maybe a little more balance is back in the league this year like we've seen the first four weeks. Not that it normalizes the way teams like New Orleans and New England have played offense so far this year. They clearly need to get better, but this has not been the, uh, you know, the 35-31 type games that I think people thought we were going to get all across the league this year. 
Yeah, and you are not kidding about this Jacksonville drive. Oh my God! <laughs> no, I, like I mean uh, Lawrence almost there. got hurt. Yeah, they, uh, there you go. They just ran on third and thirty-six. Yikes! Well, I'm sure um, somebody right. listening though, Arkans, got a play that they are convinced would work on third and thirty-six. <laughs> That's right. Uh, let's get to the rookie spotlight. All right, Saints used their first two draft picks on defensive linemen. Like I told you before, they took Brian Brissy out of Clemson with the 29th overall pick and edge rusher Isaiah Foxy out of Notre Dame uh, with their second-round pick, which was 40th overall. Foxy stuck behind Jordan and Granderson on the depth chart, sort of at the uh, edge rushers, and brissy has been fighting for snaps with uh, those two guys they acquired in the offseason, Kalen Saunders and Nathan Shepard. They haven't played a lot, but they are guys who I think they're still pretty high on, and they're looking to uh, step into roles at some point, maybe in the future. The Saints also took a running back, uh, Kendra Miller. He hasn't really done much so far. I'd say, uh, you know, the rookies, these Saints rookies, you might not see a lot of today. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and Brazee is the guy who, uh, you know, they just added another defensive line. It's almost like, hey, we know Cam Jordan's going to be phasing out at some point. Let's go get another big boy who's active and can come in and maybe replace him. Yeah. All right, let's get to some former Patriots. Uh, nobody on the Saints ever played for the Patriots. However, Ty Montgomery played two seasons in New Orleans before he joined the Patriots last year. He's really the Patriots' only third down back, and they've hardly used him at all. Just one rushing attempt, four targets, two catches for nine yards this year for the Patriots. I don't want to make this a whole Ty Montgomery segment because, again, they're barely using him. But, Gresh, why aren't they using him? He's their only uh, third down pass catching back that uh, that they can rely on. Yeah, it's funny. I, I and, and Fourier and I have gone round and round on this. Uh, I think they don't want the tell back there in the backfield and try to rely on Ramondre and Zeke so that there isn't the tell of the, hey, here we are bringing in the third down guy and kind of waving it to everyone. Now, maybe that is something that uh, that they need to evolve to, but uh, yeah, I mean, Ty Montgomery can play wide receiver. You can mix him in a running back a little bit. You would figure that if you've got somebody young out there that, that you don't trust or you don't want to give a rep to, like, you know, Booty or Douglas, that maybe Montgomery could end up uh, getting that rep on the outside. Uh, hey, since you said there's no ties, I actually have one to the New Orleans Saints. Oh. my! Uh, one of my former teammates, Darren Rizzi, is the special teams coach. Wow. And uh, Riz- how about this? How good was Rizzi in 92 playing uh, 1AA football? He played on a 1-10 and team and was still a first-team All-American tight end. Damn. Yeah, and went, uh, went to the Eagles camp a little bit and then kind of uh, fell in love with coaching, was the head coach down at the University of New Haven for a while. The, the year he got the URI head coaching job, Tony Sperano called him and said, come to the NFL with me. So Riz coached URI for a year and then bailed, and then he became a trusted confidant of Sean Payton and has been in the – Good God, I think he's been in the NFL now for, I would say, it's almost 15 years. And he's the wacky guy running down the sideline in Green Bay on the uh, <laughs> kick return. That was him. And a couple of years ago, he ended up getting like 15,000 in fines in one game. He's also a married man of, I think, like six kids. So I was like, yeah, what was that like going home and explaining to mama you had to write a check because you were MFing somebody on the sideline? <laughs> he told me don't ask him that ever again because apparently <laughs> it was big heat. So there you go. There's at least a connection on my end. All right. Very nice. <laughs> very nice to hear. Well, let's get to our enemy storylines. 
All right, I think the uh, one main storyline here, Grash, is one that the Patriots kind of share, and that is how long is the leash on the quarterback going to be? Now, it's two different reasons, obviously. Derek Carr is injured. Mac Jones is just struggling. But uh, with his injury and that shoulder sprain, I wonder how long they're going to leave him in there when they got a perfectly good Jameis Winston right there on the sideline. Do you think they'd even lose much if they went to him? Yeah, I, I kind of do because I think Carr is a gamer, and I know that Jameis – there, it, Jameis is the truest version of uh, Jekyll and Hyde, right? He can throw for 303 scores, or he can throw for 303 picks. Like, you just don't know what you're getting with that dude. I do think Carr is a guy. I really like him a lot. He's not, you know, going to drag you to a Super Bowl necessarily, but he's been a hell of a lot better than the revolving door that's been there since Drew Brees left. I'm not a big Jameis guy at all, uh, so I think they would lose a little something. I think Carr's got some moxie that Jameis doesn't. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree, but if his uh, shoulder's still sprained, then Well, that's the thing. Know. Can he yeah. sling the ball around, and will the Patriots be aggressive in uh, trying to get to him? Again, that's why this might be the fastest-moving game of the day because both teams are, I think, going to try to come out and run it a little bit. Yeah, no question about it. Another big story with the Saints is what's wrong with their offense. They're having a lot of trouble scoring, getting in the end zone. Dennis Allen, his play calling's getting questioned. I kind of feel like that's the inverse of what's happening here in New England because uh, in New Orleans, they know they have good weapons. is a great weapon. Kamara, uh, Michael Thomas, I know he's uh, still coming back and everything, but they got guys who were proven here in the NFL. The Patriots... It's sort of the opposite. It's sort of like, well, the play calling's probably okay, but these guys just can't make plays. Um, it sort of seems like, you know, if your play calling's getting questioned, what do you do about it? Here in New England, your personnel's getting questioned. Well, it's funny because uh, this week, Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator down in New Orleans, had to address something that sounded like a problem last year, which was where are the shifts in the motions in the offense? It's almost like uh, he's uh, channeling his inner Matt Patricia with the way he's done some things down there. It's interesting to have to hear a real offensive coordinator. Like, we know Matt Patricia was a poser. Pete Carmichael's been an offensive coordinator in the NFL for, God, he's got to be approaching a decade now. And they're asking him, hey, how come you're not dressing up the offense? It's bizarro yeah. world. Sounds like it. All right, there you go. That is the Reverend Scouting Report. Mass has ended. Go in peace. There we go. All right. What a breakdown from the Reverend right there on uh, trying to uh, really jazz up a game where two teams come in not playing very well uh, defensively. Let's get to uh, some Patriots inactives. Here we go, Arkin. Here are the inactives today mm -hmm. for the, uh, let's see here, for the Patriots. We have no Matthew Judon. No Cole Strange, no Kayshawn Booty, no Tyrone Wheatley, no Calvin Anderson. Will Greer is listed as the third quarterback. Four of the Saints, no Jake Luton. He's a backup quarterback or a th really the fourth quarterback when right. you think about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, A.T. Perry at wide receiver. The rookie, yep. I mean, that, that sounds almost like a fake name, doesn't it? A.T. <laughs> Perry. Hey, come to A.T. Perry for a great K.T. Perry? Gate, a set of K. tires. K.T. Perry. Perry. That's what they need. Lonnie Johnson at corner. Landon Young, the tackle. Andrus Pete at guard. Jawan Johnson at tight end. Kyle Phillips at uh, defensive end. So, 
Uh, nothing really catches by surprise. Really, the only thing that was up in the air for me, Arcan, was was Cole Strange going right. to be up today or not? And uh, it, it's turning into something that is like Jason Tatum. And I'm not comparing the players. Don't get me wrong, please. But we're we're heading in what year three of Jason Tatum managing his wrist. And, like, won't just go get it cut on and fixed when, obviously, it's something there. And it makes me wonder with Cole Strange, you just, you, they, uh, it's evident now they should have just bit the bullet, allowed him to get whatever knee or ankle surgery he needed to get because, A, he hasn't been able to rehab it to get out there. And when he has, it clearly has not looked great. So I wonder, Arcand, if in hindsight they might look back or Cole Strange might look back and say, yeah maybe sacrificing eight to ten weeks to get right for the second half of the year would have been prudent because I don't know if this guy's going to be able to manage this thing all season long. I know, and he's one of the guys you were depending on. I mm-hmm. didn't think he looked great in his rookie year, and obviously he's off to a tough start this year. Mike Onwenu, he's not played well. He had all those penalties last week. Like, it's, it's really on the offensive line, and I'm glad to see Trent Brown not on the inactive list too, by the way, because he popped up on that uh, injured list on Friday, and I was worried that was going to be something to worry about. But uh, instead, it looks like it's going to be strange again. I think that's uh, really unfortunate for him because this was this was an opportunity with these injuries and sort of uh, a real reliance on the on the run game I thought that was an opportunity for him to kind of show that he deserved to be picked in the first round and selected where he was and that he could really uh, make an impact on this line and so far it just hasn't happened for him well and now I wonder does uh does uh Lowe end up playing right tackle again mm-hmm. knowing that Moffy probably plays left guard and then Riley Reef, who they did train him at guard and tackle during the preseason. Yeah. Because some of the struggles that he had were them integrating him at guard. So I wonder if they just say, nope, we got to patch up right tackle. We need to put a veteran guy out there and just get Reef out there right away at right tackle. I would assume that that would be the case. I don't think City So would get a crack out there at least uh, this early, unless they look at uh, Reef as the jack-of-all-trades guy. We can kind of play him anywhere. Let's make him almost the kind of sixth offensive lineman in a way, knowing that he could fill four spots. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. It's, it's not the craziest thing in the world. They've had swing tackles and guys before. This is more of like a swing utility man. But you know, they got to do something. You got to you got to protect man. You got to put him. I think you got to start Reef. I really do. Yeah. Like I've seen enough of Low. I'm sure they have as well that they would know what they would have to do to manage it. But we'll see what the uh, starting lineup looks like. I'm sure our guy Cadlick will be all over it. He is down at Gillette, and uh, we're gonna look see as to what it looks like as warmups are about to begin down at Gillette Stadium. But again, it's uh, Cole Strange is really the big name where there was a question going into the game as to whether he would be on the report because we knew that Gonzalez is already on IR. And uh, Judon not on IR. Does that is that just pure arcand a leaving the door open for him to be able to come back or I wonder if it's more of the well we don't have to give up the roster spot right now so let's not do it just yet. Yeah, I think it's probably that second thing, but I'd like to think that there's a chance he comes back this year. I'd like to think that there's a, an opportunity for that. I know he said he wants to, and uh, he's he's uh, seems hell-bent on it. I just hope there's something to play for. It's really what it's all about. Yeah, yeah that is a, a big factor in it as well. Uh, the latest from uh, London. Holy cow. 
It is something going on between the Jaguars and the Bills. We'll also get to uh, some of the Live Your Fantasies. We'll give you more on the inactives across the uh, early games and uh, some fantasy chatter next on WEEI Football Sunday. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. So over in London right now, Jacksonville has an 11 to 7 lead, 529 to go in the third quarter of this one. Third quarter has been a, a little bit of a slog on both sides. Um looks like uh Trevor Lawrence kind of got rolled up a little bit there at one point, but uh apparently he is okay. Uh He's got two separate fumbles. Two fumbles? Yes, one recovered by Jacksonville, one not. Oh, very nice. Well, it's uh, it's good to know that the offensive struggles have uh, continued for a lot of teams into the uh, month of October. So we gave you the uh, Patriots inactives there, Arcand, and just kind of scrolling through uh, some of the inactive list. Saquon Barkley is out for the out. Giants. That was uh, kind of expected. Uh, if uh, people were wondering if Chase Claypool, if you were for some reason a Chase Claypool owner and thought that he would go to Miami and play right away, well, that is not happening because uh, he is inactive as well. Uh, looking at the Ravens inactives, there's uh, nothing that really uh, jumps out there. Uh, no one that anybody would uh, need to know, let's say. Alon uh, Ross St. Brown in Detroit is inactive. Now, that's a, big one. That's, a uh, that's a pretty big deal. Let's see here. Uh, Man, Shaq Leonard is out again for the freaking Colts. It feels like that guy's out all the time. Uh, so is Quiddy Pay, but nobody offensively that would really impact your uh, fantasy roster is uh, out for the Colts, and I don't think there was uh, anybody out for the Titans that was a uh, a big deal. Oh, how about this? Jameer Gibbs is mm. uh, inactive, along with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown for the Lions, who, I don't know, apparently uh, their offensive coordinator is now the easy guy for people to lean into to be like, hey, go get that guy to be a head coach. That's like uh, one, of the, uh, one of the new names that is uh, clicking at this point. Doesn't look um, like there's any real uh, – like, I'm on Ross St. Brown. It's kind of a big one. But uh, other than that, I don't really see any massive big names that are out. 
Yeah, not a lot. Uh, there was one guy who got hurt, and that was Matt Milano. So Matt Milano carted off the field in this Buffalo-Jacksonville uh, game in London. So that doesn't really count. It's not an inactive, but it was a, a big loss, certainly, for the Buffalo defense. But you're right. Other than that, Claypool not uh, starting right away from Miami, Barkley being out, St. Brown. I mean, those are the big names. It's, uh, it's a pretty healthy week here uh, in the NFL. Yeah, at least it uh, seems to be. And, of course, this is all presented by our friends at the Catches Law Group, the official law law firm of the New England Patriots. If you've been injured, contact Catches Law for a free consult where you pay nothing unless Catches wins at CatchesLaw.com. We do have a couple of uh, interesting games today in the NFL. uh, And as crazy as it sounds, one of them is uh, a team or at least a a game that you would look at on paper, Arcan, and think, Oh, God, what a dog of a game where the Jets are at the Broncos. Yeah. But I don't know if the animus of the words of uh, Sean Payton carry over or not. I think they do. I think they certainly do. That's the type of – and it's not as though, you know, you got Aaron Rodgers and the whole cavalry to fight back with. there you go, yeah. You do have still just about everybody in that defense that you need, and you have uh, an offense led by Russell Wilson, which has been overachieving, I'd say, in Denver. Uh, They haven't looked as completely lost and out of sync as they did last year, so they're probably coming into this game with a little bit of confidence. You know they're going to want to run up the score, and uh, I think over on the other side, the Jets are going to want to do everything they can to uh, shut Peyton up and put him in his place and hack it and you know we'll see what they dial up I mean it is still Zach Wilson throwing the passes so you're limited a little bit there although I'll tell you Wilson he had a couple of nice drives there against the Chiefs and he had a nice drive against the Patriots Gretch I don't think he's going to be good or anything but he looks like maybe he could at least be functional and that's more than I could say for him last year well and I thought that the Denver Broncos were supposed to have a really good defense and they gave up 70 to the Dolphins which Mm. is just insane uh, I thought that was the side of the ball that they would be able to rely on. I don't know who I'm rooting for to win. I, I don't know who I want to win this one because Buddy Hackett was somebody that I great uh, took great joy in making fun of last year as the, the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And I, I do like Peyton, but he came in shooting off his mouth. Nobody likes Russell Wilson other than Ciara. I don't even know if there's a, a, a teammates like the guy anymore. Uh, and uh, we're institutionally brought up here to hate the Jets. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't know who I want to see win this Jets-Broncos game. Well, you just said it. I'll never root for the Jets. So always, yeah, there you go. I'll always side with the other team. And that's very well knowing that Russell Wilson is about as unlikable of a player in the NFL these days as there is. But Zach Wilson might even be less so. You know, just look at him. Just look at his face. It's one of those faces you just want them to lose, you know? Uh, I would, I'm with you on that. Uh, and then there's one other game from just the real suck bag category, and that is... The Bengals at one and three are at the Cardinals at one and three. On paper, the Bengals are better, but that's on paper. What gives in this one today? I'll tell you what, I like Arizona in this game. I know that the Bengals on paper are better, but Burrow's been playing hurt all year, and it looks like he's been playing hurt all year. That offense has been almost worse than the Patriots. Uh, From a point-scoring perspective, they're neck and neck, I think. They're right down at the bottom, uh, in the bottom three, which is remarkable considering who uh, Burrow has to throw to. And you'd think, well, even if if he's not 100%, he can still get the ball in the hands of these playmakers like Chase and Higgins and so forth, Mixon and everybody else, and it's just not happening for him. It's just not working Arizona 
they're a team that no one expects to do anything, and they're in these games. They won. It's almost beat uh, the Giants too. They did beat mm-hmm. Dallas. Like they're they're a team that is one in three, but I think probably one of the easier teams to root for that's one and three they're a team that no one expected to be good and they're not good but they're definitely more fun to watch than uh, some of these other one and three teams have been certainly more than the patriots and uh, i kind of like them at home in this one i kind of do uh that would be uh that'd be a pretty big deal in terms of the bengals losing this one yeah uh because then they turn around and beat seattle then they head into the bye and then how about this coming out of the bye for cincinnati they get the 49ers and Buffalo the first weekend of November. So if if they can't find a way to win one of these next two, they got two really difficult ones coming out of the bye. Then they play Houston, and then it's the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Jags. So not, not a lot of fun for the uh, Bengals at this point. You could look at it and say they need to get to these two, but, boy, they've been – like twenty four to three, twenty seven to three, they lost. They were down twenty to ten uh, to Baltimore at one point. They eked out a three point win against the Rams, who are kind of up and down this year. Are the Rams pretty interesting spot that uh, Cincinnati finds themselves in? We've got more of this week in the NFL to get to. We will do that coming up at twelve twenty five with uh, kind of a look around the NFL and. They moved their location at WBZ. So our buddy Christian Foria will be with us more at like 12.05. But Foyer joins us next to kick off the final hour of WEEI Football Sunday. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 